Hey there, and welcome to the Confident Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Brooks. Join me as I sit down and chat with co-hosts, friends, and carefully curated guests and talk about all the things that empower you to become your best and most confident self. So let's get started. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Confident Woman Podcast. On today's episode, I wanted to do something a little bit different. So I always wondered what it would be like to listen in and have the curtain pulled back and just have an inside look at what it's like for two women to just connect for the first time and share from their hearts just the real talk, the real vulnerable, authentic selves that they are and have a real raw and honest conversation with you. So I thought this would be something interesting. So I'm recording this intro separately because what was pretty cool is I typically start our podcast with our guest and read a little bit of a bio about them. But today is just diving in. And I wanted to share that this really is just two women removing their mask and connecting on a deep and intimate level. And today with my guest, Heidi B., We'll be talking about everything from our struggles to our triumphs and what it means to create a confident comeback in all areas of life. So if this is something you're ready to listen to, I encourage you to grab a cup of coffee, a cup of tea, whatever it is, and get comfortable. This is a little bit of a longer episode, but I think that it is so necessary to really connect with not only myself, but other women on more of a personal level than just highlighting our professional careers and things that we can really give back to our listeners, but also a way to make it sure that our listeners feel seen and heard just as this conversation did literally for me. So I wanted to pull back the curtain and let you in and and hear about the realness of what myself and my guest Heidi B are going through in this season. So get comfortable and join us as we open up and share with you this power of deep, meaningful connection. So let's dive in. I had something pop in this morning and I was like, ooh, maybe we could talk about that, which was just creating a confident comeback is what I would say. And a lot of that is, I haven't read your book yet, but For me, the concept of a comeback and really returning to yourself and what that looks like, and even kind of a little bit of the how-tos maybe of coming back kind of in all areas of your life. For me, it was, I haven't shared my story with you, but actually, and I'm curious to know more about yours because I know very little, but I did do a little bit of poking around in your space, but I noticed that you're in the area of health and wellness and I'm very curious because before I was a divorce coach, I was a food and body coach. Mm. And it was funny when Aaron was talking about like, are you into weightlifting? I'm like, yeah, that was my whole life for years and years and years and years. And I still believe in all of that and practice that. It's done a lot for me, but I had a very unhealthy relationship with food in my body for decades and didn't know it. And honestly, that was a big reason. I know now in hindsight, I didn't know then of that was why I found myself in the situation of divorce in the first place. So I'm not sure what your whole thing is. I was going to ask you <laughs> to share that on my pot on my podcast for sure. I'm sure your listeners have heard your story many times, but on mine, they definitely would be great to dive into at some point. But just wanted to share that little piece with you that really 
that part of it, food and body was a huge part of things that I had to come back from in order to heal myself and move forward. So yeah, I just wanted you to know. Well, that that's awesome because that's actually uh, very similar to my story. And that's, I feel like this is kind of like the, I call it like RB, Rachel Brooks, like 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. And so I kind of give myself like these different versions. And so that was a former version of me. And so even in my book, it's not who I am today. Yeah. And so I think it's kind of pertinent and relevant to the season I'm in. So I think it actually could be a, a great conversation. I think even from that perspective, as I'm actually in the upswing of it, I guess, if that makes sense. Absolutely. What season are you in right now? If you want to share rebuilding, <laughs> so it's rebuilding, uh, but I think, it, you know, and you touched upon it right at the beginning, it's about finding yourself again. And so sometimes when we get lost in the mix of the everyday grind or the anticipation or the hustle mentality, it's almost like we just focus head down and just focus and plow through and we ignore and neglect. And, you know, luckily I, I part of my whole story, but recognizing where I'm at that point in my life where I hadn't go, didn't have to go as far and as long, but yet having that awareness is like, Oh wait, you need to pick your head up because you're getting too far off course or too Ooh. far out of who and what you are, you know, wanting to become and taking that, picking that head up and looking around and being like, whoa, how did I veer so far off course just from making these small changes or these small beliefs or, you know, foregoing a day of my self-care and these little mishaps here and there are like the little breadcrumbs that fell off. But when you look up, like the piece of bread is crumbled apart. You didn't realize wow. that those were just some of those pieces as you were just picking up the scraps or doing whatever, you know, metaphorically speaking, you don't realize how small those little changes veer you off of where you intended to go. That is really powerful because especially in the coaching world, we often talk about those bread crumbs that make up the toast, if you will, right? Like here's all the things to make yourself feel like the whole loaf again. Right. <laughs> I'll go with your analogy. Add the full loaf or the, even a full slice. You take that for granted. Yeah. And that noticing part too, right? When you said that, like picking your head up, I immediately got a vision of an ostrich, just, you know, head in the ground Mm -hmm. and then popping up and going, hold on, where even am I? What is going on? What do I even want? Like I didn't, how did, how did all of this just crumble? Like you said. Yeah. And that was just kind of, you know, obviously you're on my podcast. It's about being real and raw and vulnerable and sharing some of these things. So I know it's weird. It's like we just met, but it's like, okay, if I'm going to share my story, that's pieces of me. So that realness and rawness will come out. And I I think that that's kind of just when you've really, you're in the depths of it because you can't ignore or placate or even pretend anymore. And so that realness is the reality of what and who you need to be in that moment and being real with yourself. And Mm -hmm. so having those vulnerable conversations with oneself obviously is um, very much needed because if we're not keeping it real with ourselves, then we're just living a lie and we're just pretending to be something for somebody else as well. So, you know, it's only doing more damage to the betterment of what your outcome is. And if you're looking to be grounded and rooted in in relationships, you got to start with the one with yourself. So if you're not being real with you, then, you know, what kind of life are you living? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we could talk about that. So <laughs> give you a little. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, we talk about <laughs> exactly. 
And I love that you were willing to just say, come on my podcast. And I said, come on, come on your podcast. There's, I think there's also this element that when you've been around the block a few times and you have done a lot of the work on yourself, I think you, at least I'll speak for myself. I know that I can trust myself so much, so deeply that I can tell when there's an energy there and even like like a little glimpse of, you know, that feels good. I'm going to go in that direction. And that's what I felt that day when it was like, you said, I have a podcast. And I said, I have a podcast. And it was like, you know what? There's energy here that feels good. And I loved your intake form. I call it an intake form, but like, I loved your form where you say, this is a very open platform of just because I got invited to be in another podcast. This is what happens when you just put it out there. I swear, since I've just set it at the table, like things have been dropping in. But I got invited to another one and there was like a whole call before the call and all the things. And I've just really, it feels very strange to me to like prepare so much for a conversation because I feel like my podcast is kind of like the couch conversation, mm-hmm. you know? That's what um, this is. It's like talking to your bestie. Like, you know, our, our goal, obviously we bring guests on to teach and educate and, you know, part of, as a host, you, you still get a little bit of that background story. So it brings that personal side to it where, you know, this isn't just a teacher who overnight successfully, uh, you know, did X, Y, and Z, but it's about pulling back the curtain and talking about that messy middle or those hardships and struggles, the thought processes that led to that individual making those choices. What did they learn from them? You know, eventually all those steps that lead into where they have a stage where they could talk about things, whether platform or speaker or stage or courses, you know, all those different things that come out of one owning who they are. And I think, you know, when we sum up who the confident woman is, it's owning who she is. Those days where she's set back, those days where she, you know, days become weeks, become months, become seasons and so on, is that we're constantly evolving and we don't give up on ourselves. We're confident in our ability that we can bounce back from anything that comes our way. And that Mm -hmm. I feel is who the confident woman is having that faith and confidence in oneself and trusting their own ability, but also having faith and trust in one's higher power for me, it's God. And I have that relationship with my creator. And it's a beautiful, beautiful unity when you get to co-create with your creator. And I think when we are so far off making those small changes and we look up and we realize how those small changes deterred us from where we should be centered back in, that's when we're in that full alignment with our creator, our co-creator and letting things naturally come to us instead of feeling like they have to be forced. And I think that us as humans, that as big as one's faith could be, we take over that power and control because we are hardwired for that. We're hardwired to sustain and to avoid pain and all those things that could happen in one's life. That is not a diss to our higher power, but yet it's not also trusting in ourselves. And yeah. I feel like that was a big lesson that I've been learning this year. Oh my gosh, I can absolutely relate to that. And I know that need for control is just a lack of trust. That's all it is. And so I always ask myself, like, where do you need more trust? Where do you need more trust? And then when I have that trust, I can surrender. I can surrender, but I ha- it comes with like really trusting yourself and then also like that higher power as well, like you said, and together collectively as that partnership is nourished, we can surrender and, and just let our controller take a little nap. 
<laughs> yes. And, and that's actually where I'm finding myself. I'm like, man, how much I had to slow down to the point of like, it's going so slow that I'm getting sleepy just watching the stuff pass me by. But I feel like sometimes you just need that because it's the irony of it is that it is your entire existence finding that rest in the surrender. Mm. The surrender is where we forego that control and the need to drive and do and produce. And, you know, as a high achiever, it's very hard to let go of those reins. And it sometimes takes that whole crashing down or just loosening that grip so much that you're just letting life slip through your fingers. And you realize that whether you tighten that grip or you let it slip, it's still going to happen and you feel powerless and control out of control. And that's where, you know, when we have to lean on and surrender to our higher power, you know, and again, everybody has a different source for that, whether that's that higher self that's internally, which I, you know, I do believe that our soul live in a human existence here. And so when our soul can connect with its creator, it's that where that beauty and magic happens, but yet physically we're finding that rest in all the areas that we need. And so this is definitely a season that I'm walking in right now that is very challenging in, in many aspects. One being that, I mean, for somebody who loves control, you know, I like to have control of my life. I think everybody and anybody feels that same way. And so one of the things was to come in understanding that control is not a bad thing. So like when people say, I want control of my life or control of my marriage, my work, my children, my whatever that is in one's life, it's not a negative connotation, just like how when we look at like self-care, we think, oh, it's selfish. And so it's about redefining that meaning that we've attached to those words because power and control feels so like, you know, who are they to have all that power and control? You know, arrogant and cocky in a sense where, yeah, people can abuse that if that's the intention, but yet having that control and power also provides that certainty. And I think with certainty is what we're ultimately after because we can know what to expect. And so we won't have, you know, our world's ripped out from underneath us. Like we just have all been experiencing in these past several years. And so power and control was something where it's like, it's not a disadvantage and it's not necessarily an advantage. It's about coming to terms and redefining what that looks for you. Yeah, I love what you, I was just going to ask you and then you so beautifully answered it was, do you think it's actually control or do you think it's more certainty, comfort, consistency, that certainty piece, that core need of certainty is just so massive in our beingness, right? And maybe it's more of how can I control the things that make me feel certain, right? How can I partner with my certainty through the elements that I can control, the way that I respond to things, the way that I trust myself, finding safety within my body and my being, like those things I can actually step into, take ownership of, but yeah, and redefining it. I have learned to redefine so many words along my path that were not serving me the way that society wanted them to have meaning and hold space in my life. Yeah, it's so freeing when we can take, you know, a, a magnifying glass per se to certain areas of our life, because sometimes we have to look in those nooks and crannies. And, you know, we're just sometimes going through autopilot because we do that. I mean, we are automated beings, right? And we can only mentally check into one thing at a time. So there's so many different areas in our life and so many thoughts, ideas, rules, norms, uh, the things that you set for yourself and what society tells you and so on. So like, 
where our mind though is linear. Like we can only think one thought, one feeling, one emotion at a time. And so we can get lost amongst all of those thoughts that, okay, well, I've learned, you know, X, Y, and Z. I've read this book. I've listened to that podcast. I watched the mentor. I've listened to this guide, this guru, whatever it is, but only bits and pieces are sticking in our memory for that time. And so we can lose that information if we don't actually sit still to actually tap into it, or we have to be privy to it and open to it that when it does hit us, we're like reminded of those certain elements that stuck. And so it's this constant being on top of your thought processes so that we don't find ourselves going down the wrong pathway yet again or for as long, but it's about that resiliency of getting back up and reframing those thoughts and pulling the pieces that are more conducive and more positive per se to aid in that ability to get the outcome that you desire. And I think for me at that time, it was just trying to absorb so much information and not actually taking some of that action. Because for the past couple of years, I think we, so many of us can agree is that this has been like a trauma-induced time where we are all on this reactive perspective. Nobody saw this coming. And as much as somebody could say, prepare for winter or prepare for the next season, whatever that is, nobody saw a global pandemic happening. And so, of course, we all became reactive. And some of us are still trying to rebuild some of that damage that was done or the healing that was done or whatever that looks like in these past couple of years, that it's about giving yourself that grace and space to do that without judgment and without feeling like you have to be in control because we already know what happened when no matter how hard you try to tighten that grip, we still are out of control. And so to tie it back to that uncertainty and the uncertainty breeds comfort, right? And comfort is complacency. And so when we became too complacent, this was the upshake of so many people in this in our world was that it kind of got shaken in the sieve. And yeah. so you fell through to begin again. It, it wasn't that life was happening to you at that moment. It dropped you through the sieve because it's almost like you got qualified to move on to the next level. If you mm-hmm. got sieve, you know, sieved out because it gives you that opportunity and perspective to start again. But not on a bad term or starting over to rebuild, but sometimes it's about starting over on your own terms. But yet it's also for what it is that you were called and created to do. So maybe that little shakeup was about shifting you back on course. And in some people, it takes longer. Some people, it's shorter. It doesn't matter because that journey is still going to continue. And it's about redirecting that course with faith and confidence and having certainty in one's ability that they will figure it out because we've gotten this far knowing what we know. So. Yeah. I went to a women's conference a couple of weeks ago and literally one of the speakers said, the question was asked, what do you do when you're feeling stuck and stagnant? What do you do? What do you do when you pull your head out of the sand, that ostrich moment and go like, how did I get here? The breadcrumb moment, everything's crumbling. What do you do? And she said, I shake shit up and everybody kind of giggled, but it, it hit me so hard. And she said, I shake shit up. I don't keep doing things the same. I go do something totally different and offer myself up the opportunity to look at it in a different lens. Because if I keep sitting there at my desk doing the things that I've been doing, rather than going to Disney World with my kids for the day or whatever I'm going to (laughs) do, or taking my dog for a walk at 10 a.m. instead of 5 a.m. when I usually do, it will allow me to see and experience something different in my being, in my body, in my awareness, in my mindset, all the things, all the pieces And I just thought that was great. Just like, how do one of the pieces of coming back is like, 
got to shake shit up. And that's really what I think the pandemic did was it really shook us all up. We all got the same shake and (laughs) we all responded to the shake a little bit differently, right? Or a lot or very differently. There's some people who are still sitting in the shaker being shook. Yeah. You know, it's a tough spot. And I know I'm not totally out of the shaker either. I know there are days where I was shook so hard that there is that trauma, like you said, there's that trauma of, I lost a piece of me. Where did it go? Who am I now? And that's all too familiar when I went through divorce or even struggled with food and body, or even I moved from Michigan to California before I was divorced. And my family is my everything. Like everything was there. My family, my friends was there. And when I moved to California, it shook me. I had to figure out who I was there. And I realized that I never really gave myself the opportunity to figure out who I was or grow with who I was and sit with that every once in a while. And yeah, there's just so many parts to rediscovering and uncovering or just remembering who you are at your core, what you're made up of and what you want to do with that makeup. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, you know, it's all part of life. Something that one hasn't just arrived and said, this is it. I'm going to chill here for however long it takes. And, you know, we chill for too long, that complacency, right? So there's stagnation, there's lack of growth, there's lack of inspiration, creativity, community connection, all those things, because the world is still moving on with or without you, whether or not you decide to take that first step and get unstuck or just stay there and thinking, Mm -hmm. well, I'm the center of my world. Well, if that's the case, then newsflash, like that's why you're finding yourself in the stagnation period, because we can't look at ourselves from that perspective where, you know, it's all about me and the world revolves around me, but it's about getting out there and being part of the world, making a difference, making an impact connecting with other people, listening to other people, compassion, empathy, all those things, right? That's outside of ourselves. And I think that that has always been a motivator and a driver in me is that I thrive off of that, even though I would say, you know, I am a social introvert is what I coin myself. And where when we when we shifted everything, everyone became introverts in that sense where we couldn't go do the things that we wanted to do. And so energetically, like I was very complacent. This is the best thing that has happened to me. I don't have to get dressed and I don't have to leave and I don't have to do anything. Yeah. And I got very comfortable. And that's just one lane I got very comfortable in. And then there were these other things that were very comfortable. And even though I've had a home-based office for 15 plus years, how much I needed to be out of this comfort zone and get out and do things and be inspired, uh, feel that I've made a difference in other people's lives. And so really it came down to like the contribution. And so if we're not contributing in a way that, you know, really lights us up and provides that sense of fulfillment, that's where inbreeds that insecurity and self doubt. We feel that we're not making a difference. We start kind of going down that negative self talk. And I think, you know, from, and I'm speaking from me, but I, I've heard from so many other people and we see this out there is that it wasn't just about the isolation. It was about the lack of inspiration and impact that really hit me and felt deep to my core and provided that feeling of lack of unfulfillment, like that unfulfillment aspect, which then prompted me really to start grinding more, to do more, to produce more because I felt that in those moments I was contributing, but it yeah. was a contribution that was different than what I was actually looking for. So it was contribution that I was after. However, it wasn't giving me the reward of the contribution that was actually soul fulfilling. Yeah. Going back to those core needs, that contribution pillar is so 
massive. And I feel everything that you just shared, which is the whole point of your space here, right? Is to be transparent so other people can feel seen and heard and normalizing those feelings that we've all been trudging through or many of us have been trudging through. I mean, that's how we met. I woke up and I was like, okay. And sometimes you have to keep being hit enough times, right? (laughs) In a certain way, not in a bad way, just like poked or, you know, nudge, 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 nudge. Hey, like you want contribution. You want contribution. You want connection. You want to see more, do more, feel more, be more present with others and watch your light grow in this world. And I woke up one morning and I had gotten connected with another woman and she said, Hey, come to this meetup thing for female entrepreneurs. And that's where I met you. And it made me feel so much more connected. And I felt like it was making a deposit into my contributions bucket. I was inching closer to that contributing space just by being in a room of other women who were ready to make those kind types of contributions, you know? Absolutely. Yes. And that was exactly the same feeling that I felt too. And so those who are listening, we just, Heidi and I just met a couple of weeks ago, randomly at an event that she was invited to, I was invited to, and here we are. Uh, and it was about being open. And that's kind of what we were just talking about. It was about being open to what could possibly happen when we really lean into that, that letting go and surrender. Because if we going, I'm, I'm kind of going to beat this and this like topic is about the harder that we hold on to something, we're restricting the ability for anything to come into our life. So it's not necessarily just about the control, but what are we keeping out? Because we're not allowing anything in. And so part of this letting go, and I remember it was just, just a few weeks ago when it was like really breakthrough moment for me. And I was just like, screw it. This is it. I'm done. Like I've had enough. And the moment I spoke that out loud, it's like this light bulb just turned on and I wish it was that easy, but it wasn't. It was just where your soul existence in this physical being has said enough is enough. And yes. that's, you have got to listen because your body will quit. Your mind will quit, but really it's the soul that again is in this physical being that eventually it knows what to do. And it has a high tolerance. It knows what you're going to go through and all these things. And eventually it's just like, hey, listen, enough's enough. I'm sick of watching you physically beat yourself up. I'm watching, you know, relationships fall apart. I'm watching people say negative things to you or about you, whatever that is. Everyone has their own different experience of that. And it's like, that's almost where your protection comes in. And I remember this just not too long ago where I had to basically push this big red button And it's like life just turned back on for me, but Mm. it wasn't that obvious. It was about enduring the pain and during the struggle and during all this off course BS that you have to endure for you to finally pick your head up and say, holy crap, how did I get here? And so that's where all the inner work begins in starting this journey back, sometimes falling back those breadcrumbs. And so it's not necessarily where, you know, we hear that story with breadcrumbs is that you follow the breadcrumb. Maybe it's about turning around and picking up the pieces that had fallen off of you and you get to discard or collect the pieces that you want to bring into this new path going back on track. And so you get to rebuild it. And as kind of crappy as it is when you have to endure so much of pain, suffering, loss, grief, all that stuff, but yet you're literally picking up the breadcrumbs and the power goes back into your hands. And so you get to piece that back together. So... I was thinking about this the other day and I'm thinking, good God, how my life these past few years, I just feel like Humpty Dumpty. 
I was picking up all the pieces and trying to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. And I got this disfigured version of it. But yet when I looked at it, I was like, maybe it wasn't supposed to look like it did before. Maybe it's about picking up the pieces and building something completely different. And that's the way I'm choosing to look at it. It's like, I'm not trying to save the life that I had, but I'm also not trying to bring it into my future. It's about getting crystal clear with oneself and saying, what the hell do you want? Like, sometimes we think we know what we want. And that's why we're plowing through with our head down. Yeah. But yet picking up, you're like, I don't even want to be on this path anymore. Yeah. And so kind of redirecting course. So bring it back to the beginning of this conversation. It was about, you know, confidence and comeback kind of thing that kind of sparked this conversation, which we technically didn't really start to record this podcast, but it's turning into one. It just happened. (laughs) And it's all organic, but it was about just being open, being receptive, having that self-awareness, rebuilding that trust, faith, and confidence in yourself, and also releasing some of that shame and guilt because I think when we tend to go in wrong directions or veer off path or do something that's not according to our set and said plan, we beat ourselves up over it. And the beauty is, is that we don't have to have judgment and we don't have to have negative beliefs about ourselves like, oh, my gosh, I'm so stupid. How did I veer off path again and beat yourself up again and repeat the cycle? In my book, Chasing Perfection, I learned so much of that. And I'm taking a page out of my own book. It's like, why am I repeating some of these patterns? Why am I repeating so much of what landed me in a pit of a different area of my life that I'm leaning over the edge about to fall into another one? But having to stop me at this edge before I fell head first. And so that's where I feel like if that's progress, I mean, that's progress right there. Because the fact that I didn't fall in head first. But I'm inching my way to the edge and looking down saying, that's not where I want to be again, because I know the climb is a hell of a lot harder than it is right now. So I will just turn my ass around, pick up those breadcrumbs, start working on what I need to get done, start rebuilding the life that I want, picking up the pieces that I want to bring into this new opportunity, this new life, this new co-creation that I get to do. And the rest, I'm just going to scatter these breadcrumbs because somebody's going to pick them up along the way and they're going to use them. And that's pieces of my story that I want to give back to others is that life doesn't have to be as hard or as arduous as mine. But yet this is the beauty of storytelling and connection community is that you get to give back with those little breadcrumbs that feed somebody else and fuel them in a direction that best suits them. And recognizing that that's not your path, that's their path. And you have to do what's best for you on your path. I love what you said about Humpty Dumpty versus breadcrumbs, because you're right. If you try to be Humpty Dumpty and put it all together, it's never going to go back the same way that it was. And even if it gets close, there's still going to be all these cracks and all these things, which there's nothing wrong with cracks. There's nothing wrong with brokenness. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But I love the breadcrumb analogy because what it really allows us to do is like you said, turn around and pick those up. And when I think of the bread, I just think of like nourishment. Like, okay, I'm just going to have, and there's all these breadcrumbs. There's so many, so many, so many. So I'm just going to pick up and take the small bites, not try to shove the whole piece of bread or the whole loaf down me at once and think that now I'm whole. Look at me. Here I go. It's like, hold on. I need to actually look at which breadcrumbs I need. I'm going to nourish myself with that. And then I'm going to allow others to be nourished by the other pieces. And how beautiful is that when we get to leave parts of us that no longer serve us, but somebody else needs that on their journey right now. Somebody needs that. And that's so much of what I feel like I try to do with my story and my services as a coach. It's just like, how can I allow you to be so seen, so heard, so held 
to get the pieces of me that I no longer need that I know you need right now where you're at on your journey, right? And I also love what you said, and this was a while back, but I wrote it down because I didn't want to forget. You said a confident woman owns who she is. And one of the things I always say is, and redefining, you know, redefining the words so that they work for us. I have redefined what joy means for me. And I think that's really, really important. And I encourage the women that I work with to do this too. And my joy isn't the same definition as others. But one thing that I feel like is really powerful is I use the word joy to stand for the journey of you or just own you. Like you said, like the confident woman is the woman who owns who she is, where she's at. Yeah. And I think we fall off track when the thing that I think confidence and joy have in common, because joy is my jam, confidence is your jam and so many things. But I really think that when our joy is blocked, our confidence is blocked. And the reason why I say this is it comes down to what I call the joy blocks. And the things that are blocking our joy are the things that get uh, rob us of our core needs that we've talked about, certainty and safety and significance and trust in all these things. And so we have these joy blocks like fear, and that gets in the way. Fear also trips up confidence. Control can trip up confidence. Limiting beliefs, that can trip up confidence. All those things get in the way of joy as well. So if we can find a way to nourish and nurture those joy blocks, those confident blocks, and connect those back together, I really think if we can nourish those needs, then we can then create that confident comeback. And really, I looked this up just for giggles today. The Google dictionary says that a comeback is a return to a well-known person. And I take that to mean like a return to knowing myself, knowing myself well, right? It's not the celebrity status, but it's really like coming back to knowing myself well, right? right? Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I just had this moment, this little vision that just popped in and it's like, what is, what is that? look like and what does that feel like for one and I think you know it could come down to the feeling of returning home and so Mm -hmm. we kind of take that still the analogy of the soul living in this body right so this body is the protectionist the home but yet what is home home is comfort home is knowing home is acceptance home is love home is belonging Right. And so if we put that the return home to self, that's Mm. where the self love, self care, self trust, self confidence. And so we have to turn back to who is what is home. And so it's the return to you with life's experiences that shape this new version of what home looks like. Mm. And that's what I'm embarking on is that, you know, this journey is a return back to home. And what is home? Is it metaphorically speaking? Is it figuratively speaking? Literally speaking, whatever that is, it's a return to who you are, but being so loving and caring and nurturing and all the things that we aspire externally, giving yourself the same, if not more, because that's where you live and that's where you dwell. And that's where you invite people into your home and you are invited into their home. And so when we can connect to home, we share home with others. Ooh, there's two things that you just popped up when you said all of this. And the first thing is, if we're not careful, our homes can get stinky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what I mean by this is, if you throw something in the trash, have you ever left something uh, in the trash? And then oh, my, okay, my husband doesn't take the trash out as much as I would like, but believe me, every time I throw anything, 
Ooh, I'm reminded of that stench that's in there. Woo! So I think of, I love what you said about your home being your body and being that our bodies are just a container that our soul lives in, right? But we got to take care of our home because that's where the most important thing lives, right? And if we accidentally, not knowing, drop something in the trash and forget to take it out, if we forget to take out our emotional baggage, the things that are tripping us up, if we don't take out the fear and the limiting beliefs and sometimes like consumption, if we don't take out like all those social media hits that aren't serving us, social media can be a great thing. But when we're poking around at all the trash and then it's living in our body and we forget to take it out, it gets stinky in there. And nobody wants to live in a stinky house. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't smell good. Nobody likes that environment, right? And after a while, you you are forced to take it out or it's bad. Yeah. yeah. Right? So we got to take out the trash. And the second thing that comes to mind is like, okay, returning to home, right? You said returning to home. And it made me think of this framework that I use all the time. And it's called simple because I don't like things to be complicated. I think that's something that really trips people up. And it's not that we can't do hard things. That's a mindset shift that I've really had to play with a lot and still play with every day. (laughs) I've shifted my mindset to not be, it gets to be easy. I had a coach one time tell me it gets to be easy. And I love that she started me down that path. And then one day I was like, no, you know what? That feels like a lie to me. This thing is really hard. This thing that I'm navigating in my personal, professional, wherever you're at, like this thing really is hard. So we can't lie to ourselves. So I just started saying like, I can do hard things. And that felt more true. I can do hard things. And so in order to return home to myself, when things feel hard, I know like something's not right at home. There's some trash that needs to come out, right? Yep. But the only way that I do that is I got to keep it simple because if I try to complicate things or make it more than it is, it just, it, it, it's just, it's, it's not easy. So I use simple as an acronym. All right. So for, I, I hope this helps somebody. It really helps me. And I keep it like right here all the time. So simple is first slow down. We are moving a million miles a minute. How like we just have to get, I'm not going to get into the house, but we got to slow down. We have to find a way to slow down, silence, center ourselves, and most importantly, create safety. So that's more than one S, but mostly slow down so you can snag some safety in your life. We don't feel safe. We can't do anything. We just can't. The I is intention. So create some intention. Figure out what intention you have behind whatever you're trying to move towards and then make a move. The M is make a move. Make a physically move or... Take action, move towards what you want. And then the P is permission. What do I need to give myself permission for? I always ask myself that. What do I need to give myself permission for? The L is have a loving lens and look into the lessons. Like have a loving lens of where you're at right now. Give yourself that compassion. And then the E is encourage. We do not give ourselves enough encouragement every day. We don't give ourselves that like, Rah, rah. And I don't say that to be fake or in any way, but we've got to give ourselves some kind of pat on the back, some kind of high five. Mel Robbins has a book called The High Five Habit. I don't know if you've read it, but it talks all about just giving yourself that high five and giving yourself the opportunity to have a little bit of light back in your life when everything just feels like it's swirling. So for what it's worth, that's simple. 
That's my simple step, simple process. I love it. Coming home, coming home. I love that you have that acronym because as you were saying before you kind of got into what every letter stood for is that you're so right is that everybody wants a simple, quick fix to these lifelong struggles that we're internally battling, but yet we feel that we're not actually... I'm going to use the wrong word here, but it's not worthy. It's it's a different word that I'm trying to think of, but it's like that we're not worthy of receiving simplicity because we feel that it's too easy and we complicate the crap out of it. It's like simple. It's just too easy to digest that we just need to scribble the crap out of it and feel like, but I worked hard to get it. So now I deserve it. So maybe worth is the word I'm looking for. Mm. Is that we have to overcomplicate our lives because if we receive it, it, we don't feel that we're worthy. And for us to be worthy of receiving it, we have to earn it. And it becomes this loop, this dance that we keep doing. Well, we see it on award shows too, right? Like yeah. every time somebody comes up to the microphone, they say like how complicated it had to be for them to stand there and get this token of whatever that says that they're worthy. While, meanwhile, there are hundreds of people in that audience, not even in that room, who are creating incredible light from their gifts, and they'll never be on that stage. Right. And right. they'll have done it a different way. And it's not to say they didn't have their hardships, but perhaps we can step into the simplicities and able to return home. And when we can be at home with ourselves, then we can step back into that surrender that you so sweetly talked about. And that surrender allows us to follow the path that's meant for us. Right. Yeah. It's so weird because do you ever get schooled by your own lessons? (laughs) All the time. I feel like I'm literally just taking pages out of my book. But the reason I say that is because I share in my book, Chasing Perfection, so many of the lessons that I learned to get to where I overcame so many things, but yet you'd never just master a lesson once. And it's not like it never reappears in a different color, shape and size or a different area of your life. And so we're constantly growing through these lessons because your takeaway on lesson one may have just been like bounce back, you know, pick yourself up. Maybe lesson two is about dusting yourself off. Maybe lesson three is about having that resiliency to keep coming back. And so each time we fall back down, we're gaining something from that experience. So the lesson never goes amiss. And so we're repeating these same lessons. And so pulling a page out of my book and we talk about the simplicity and the complexity, I even share in, um, I forget what chapter it is, something like in my book, it's the analogy and I love analogies because it gives that visual visual person. (laughs) So it was this analogy that every time I would go to Target, I would buy this handful of everything trail mix. No idea why. I mean, at this time, I didn't understand. Now I do. But there's a point to the story. And it was every time I would blindly just pass down the snack aisle, grab a bag of everything handful of everything, take it home, open up. And he was so excited to dive in and eat the banana chips and like the apricots, little fruit slices in there. But in order for me to get to the banana chips and the fruit slices, I had to sift through all the crap that was in the way, like raisins and Mm. coconut flakes and peanuts and things that were just, I didn't even care for them, to be honest. And then so this analogy allowed me to see this visual and say, then why the hell did you not just go get a bag of banana chips? That would be so simple. You'd have (laughs) massive amounts of them and at the same price. So you're not throwing away all this stuff that you paid for that you don't need and don't use. And so we ask ourselves, even in life, like how much of these things do we buy, like just to fill a hole or to feel like 
And this, if I buy this, it'll get me to X faster. And so we think that everything's going to shortcut, but yet the simplicity of that analogy is about you already have what's in you inside that bag, this container. It's about extracting it and sifting through so you can create more of what you want. And that becomes that abundance of banana chips or whatever your flavor of the day is. It's about tapping in and going directly for what you want instead of having to endure the long ship and hardship and painstaking cost of buying a bag of something that you're only going to get literally a handful of what you want, the banana chips or the fruit. That's it. And even in that instance, what you were talking about is I bought the everything and maybe there's different elements to that, but I bought the everything so that I could have to work for the thing that I really wanted so that when I got it, it felt better. And and, and, And sometimes... Sometimes I do want to say this piece because I think sometimes that is true. Sometimes that is true. I used to be really big into half marathons, marathons, running and all that kind of stuff. And there was something about, and I never won. I wasn't doing it to win. I was doing it for myself and to feel strong and to feel hard. All these things, right? Like, oh, that runner's high is something else, right? But it was like, when I crossed that finish line, I was like, I, I mean, not anybody can just do this. I worked for it. And it was like, I almost took this like stance of, look at me. I worked for that. Well, guess what? Nobody else cared. Yeah. So I better make dang sure that the work that I put in, if I want to work for it, if there's an instance, I wanted to work for that. I wanted to achieve that for myself for whatever reason. Like I, I wanted that for myself at that time. If you're going to work for it, make sure that that is worth it for you. If it's not, and there's all this other other convoluted things in the trail mix that you don't need, keep it simple. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Keep it simple. It's so true. And sometimes you just look back and be like, oh, why did I make a mess of this stuff? I could have just went right to the shelf, picked up what I wanted and just been on my very happy way. And, and I, I can so relate to you with your, your running. I mean, it's the same thing as a former fitness competitor. I, I mean, I used to get the questions like all the time, like, why are you doing this? And it wasn't about the pieces of plastic that were sitting behind me on my shelf. And it wasn't about going out, setting out to have a win or a trophy or some sort of award. I mean, that was kind of like the bonus, like, cool, I got this, but it wasn't the end all result. And so it was about enduring a lot of that hardship, having that self-discipline, self-control working diligently day after day after day, chipping away at a goal. And so bodybuilding, you literally are physically chipping away. You're seeing the sculpture of your masterpiece come to light each day as you get closer towards these competitions. Bodybuilding for some people are like, whatever, cool, that's your jam. And so other people are just like, holy crap, that's an extreme sport. I don't even know why you talk about it. And I'm like, great, that's not your sport. So it's about finding what works for you and and being dedicated and diligent to push through no matter what people are saying. And, you know, you're doing it for you. And that was something that I had to really embrace and uh, also give other people the past because I felt like I had to explain why I was doing what I was doing just for the sake of trying to educate or get them to understand. And I realized that not everyone's going to understand your way, but as long as you know what your core mission is and what your heart and intention is, that's really the only opinions and thoughts that matter. And so you just got to do what is right for you. And so, you know, if sometimes we catch ourselves, just, you know, there you are, you may have gotten to the point of walking in Target, mindlessly picking up another bag, but before you got home or at the checkout, you just say, no, today I'm going to make a decision. I'm just going to forego this bag and it's okay. 
And so again, that's progress when we can correct ourselves before we take action on the thing that doesn't serve us anymore. Mm, wow. I didn't know that about you. And also congratulations on all of your achievements. I that, It's incredible. It's a path that I tiptoed down and I will use that at not very far down the path, but I tiptoed and I didn't end up going down that way, but so much respect to people go down that. And I know that in different people's minds, it can get a bad rap you know, in a lot of different ways. But here's what I will say about this, whether it's the bodybuilding piece or the physique piece or the running piece for me or whatever it is for you. Maybe it's somebody who right now is struggling just to walk out to their mailbox. Whatever that looks like for you, the lessons that we can find in our physical challenges breed this emotional expansion. There is no, I won't say no way. It's probably highly unlikely that I would be able to have had the emotional expansion that I've had to date if I didn't try to include some physical growth elements into my well-being. I mean, it helped me on so many different levels. And I took it to the extreme and hurt myself with body dysmorphia and disordered eating. Like that's something that I've had to own and grow through. But the physical part, if you can do it in a way that is for you and for your well-being, it will allow you to push edges you never knew that you had. And when you have those edges and you have that expansion, then when you go through these other comebacks in your life, whether it's a career comeback or a health comeback or a wealth comeback or a self comeback, or for me, it was like coming back after divorce, those elements of emotional expansion and pushing your edges no longer feel like they're as big of a thing to trudge through because you've been able to push those edges with your physical body and your emotional body follows. So there are so many lessons in physical growth that I'm so grateful for. So thank you for sharing that about yourself. Yes. Well, thank you. And and, and even for running, I mean, the diligence and the determination and I mean, kudos to those runners out there. That was the one thing that my doctor told me after my back surgery. He said, you know, you can't run. And they told me a bunch of other things too. And I believe them and rightfully so. I probably shouldn't be running. And that was the one thing I was like, all right, I'm going to take your advice on that. And so I admire those who can run because one, I can't. I can't for a long distance because of my back. Two, I have this love-hate relationship with running to the point where I'm like, Okay, we're on uh, a place where we can mutually agree that we don't like each other. And so (laughs) I say that because for my whole fitness journey, I tried to force myself to become a runner because I saw all of my friends and peers doing this. And I thought running would get me the body that I longed for. And so I turned to running and like this little machine here is not built for running. And I had to come to terms with that and say, stop trying to be something you're not. But yet bodybuilding isn't for everybody either. But for me, it was finding your jam and finding your lane and sticking with it because it's something one, going back to the whole thing, finding joy in what you do. But that joy is also something that can be sustained. And so it's about tapping into joy to passion, to confidence, to consistency, right? So all of those consistency compounded over time yields results. And so that consistency produces confidence and confidence produces joy and joy is ignited through passion. And so when you could tie all four of those together, oh my gosh, it's beauty. There's magic. There's amazement that happens. And that where the art and science of like fulfillment come in because what better thing to bring in more of what you love and enjoy and sustain that, cultivate it, 
build a life around it. Your life becomes part of your business. Your business is your life. And you get to be with other people that are operating at a higher vibe because those people have the same passion and interest as you. So there's so much that came out of just physical health and well-being. But in my courses, through my Fit From Within courses and programs, we talk about the four pillars, which is the mental, emotional, and spiritual, while the physical becomes a byproduct of that inner fitness and how we can really enhance upon those three. And so the fourth becomes that pillar where it just starts moving itself forward. It's that propeller. That's the physical. And so, I mean, gosh, we can go down this whole route because like you're talking about like health and fitness and lifestyle and all that stuff. And it's like, how much pain did we have to endure doing the stuff that we sucked at or, or felt that we had to, to get the results because somebody else did it, but yet you discount and discredit your ability and what you're capable of and producing a sustainable lifestyle and long-term results. And so kind of coming back to this entire like episode here, it's about finding yourself going back to home, creating that comfort and safety. If you can lovingly wholeheartedly accept yourself, then you can do that for others. And you bring in this community, you're bringing in people that are vibing at the high, at the same energy level as you, or, you know, not every single day is going to be the same, but yet you still have those common interests. And so one commonality, you know, we bring this together that creates and cultivates community and connection and belonging and all those things that we long for. But yet if we haven't tapped into ourself and our core and our soul, then we're externally seeking something that we have yet to even give ourselves. So we don't even know what it's like to experience it. So that self, that home is the experience of life. Mm, That is so powerful. I don't know why, but I'm getting a ping to share something with you. So I'm just going to share it. And I think it goes along the lines. It's going to fit in somewhere. I don't know where, but so I recently have, I woke up three, four weeks ago with a knee injury. Okay. And I've had this before and we've, I've had physical injuries before, but nothing like this, nothing that lingers this. I don't even know what it is. I woke up. And usually in the past, I'll know, oh, I've been running so much or I, I fell on this or I did that. Nothing. I woke up and literally just had fluid all around my knee. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like massive fluid, fluid to the point where I can't bend my leg. Now to someone who lives, has lived and lives in the fitness world, you know how important that joint is for mm-hmm. someone who loves, especially weightlifting on a regular basis. They're a full body your knee, I didn't realize before how much I was taking my knee for granted because I've been retired from running for a very long time. But I know that what I'm experiencing now is a result of all those great times I had running. So, (laughs) you know, and I had been living in this space and going down this spiral, which I'm very aware of. I have the awareness. I could coach anybody out of this. But I find myself morning after morning feeling bad for myself, mm-hmm. feeling stuck, feeling like now what? I'm only 40 years old and I'm going to be, I'm going to have, you know, future, future fear is popping in. Oh my God, knee replacement, money scarcity. How much is that going to, I don't even know what's wrong, right? But hopping over to these mindset of just like, what now? Now I'm never going to be able to lift weights again. Now I'm going to gain all this weight. Like, and I know that those are past fears creeping up from my body dysmorphia and disordered eating time and all those things. But I had got, I think where this is coming from is I had gotten myself to this place 
over the past, I would say probably seven to 10 years where I've healed that relationship to food, had healed that relationship to food in my body. I felt really good about the changes that I was making where it wasn't like on this strict regime to do these things with food or my fitness. I just always woke up and did my more. I still wake up because I want to be in that morning practice and that self-certainty practice. It feels good to move my body and I switch it up all the time. And it just has been feeling so good. But now it's like, I feel like it's been taken away and I'm so limited. And so what I did last week was I went, okay, enough already. Enough already. When we have to hit that red button, like you said, that enough button and check ourselves, pull our head out and go, hold on. Life's not over. You can like, it's okay. And so I went to the community center and I signed up for a membership at the pool and I'm swimming now. And every day for the past week, I've been like, oh, swimming. Oh my gosh. And it's cold out. And I got to put the swimsuit on. And right, I can already feel the mean girl popping in, being like, nah, it's not your thing. We don't like it. We don't like swimming. I've been resisting this new opportunity so hard because it wasn't what I've always done. So this week, that was last week, this week, I was like, okay. I started, I put it on my calendar and I call it pool party. I'm going to the pool party. I'm going to the pool party. I bought myself some goggles. I bought myself a new bathing suit. I'm talking to the ladies in the locker room, right? I'm finding my lane, like physically and literally speaking. And I'm allowing myself to just learn the lessons from the pool. And it is unlocking parts of me that I didn't know were there to the point where now this week, I'm like, I really like going to the pool. And instead of going every other day, maybe I'll go every every day and I miss it when it's not there. So I don't know what this is here to share, but maybe something's popped in while I've been talking for you. It has. And I think it was about listening to the little ping, that little whisper, that little knowing that's inside of us. And it's about not just dismissing it or ignoring it or being like, cool, what the hell are you talking about? Like, I don't, I'm not a swimmer, like shut it up. Right. And it was about you innately listening and tuning in. And it's your body saying like, actually, that's how we're going to recover this. So trust me, trust Mm -hmm. me when I say we're doing something different because what did, you know, what you had been doing may have gotten you to where you're at. Right. So we got to try a different way. That's easy and gentle on the knee. Still gives physical exercise. It still gives you that resistance. Still gives you that challenge. And you're growing in so many different ways. You're facing those body dysmorphias. You're facing this new embarkment on this different fitness path, whether it's there to stay or there to heal. You know, it's about you witnessing and finding what the lesson is in this experience that you're encountering, but also bringing out so much of that joy that was untapped that you didn't even know existed. And now you're finding yourself in a new place that was very uncomfortable. You had a pep talk yourself into getting there. And here you are just shy, you know, a, a week into it. And you're already like digging it. You're like, I can't wait to go every day. I can't wait to talk to Linda or Betty, the people that you're meeting and that you probably would never have met because maybe it wasn't even in your proximity of your environment. And so now you get to be in connection with other people that you're learning different experiences. They're from different walks of life from you. And so putting yourself in environments that challenge you to grow or step out of your normal. And so there's so much to be gained from that. And I think even, uh, you know, for, for me, it's something that I'm trying to create and cultivate more of that. Like I said, social introvert, 
I'm putting myself out there and creating social events like for the confident woman. I'm putting myself out there going to other social events and not feeling like a weirdo, like, oh my gosh, there's people and they're looking at me and I don't know what to say or what are they going to think of me? Like, these are thoughts like somebody who has, you know, high functioning anxiety when it comes to like social stuff like that. Those are big things that would be limitations or, you know, stopping somebody in the tracks of taking that first step that could open a door for something completely separate. Case in point, I mean, how did we connect just two weeks after meeting for the first time? And we're on this super long podcast episode that just started from a candid conversation that you and I just totally have hit off. And we didn't even do an intro at this point. (laughs) I know. I think this is the first time that's ever happened that I've been like, we both kind of... We both kind of went like, are we in a podcast? I mean, we're already hanging into a conversation. So I'm just like, well, I mean, for time of it, we're just going to keep it rolling. And so those who are listening, this is literally off the cuff. This is so real. I'm not even editing this. Yay. Um, (laughs) Because I want the reality of it is like, this is what happens when you have two people that are so lit that sparks ignite and you can have more of this in your life just by saying yes, just by listening to the inner voice and getting curious about it. Be like, why is it telling me to go to a pool. Uh, that's not, I, I have zero interest, right? But yeah. she said, I'm going to listen. And by saying yes, open the door and now this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing. And so I don't know where this parlays into us meeting a couple weeks ago, but like for me, I got an invite from a friend. Normally I would be like, yeah, no, I mean, this is form of me, not like the version that I am now where I'm really embracing those challenges, but it was about meeting people and just being confident in what you bring to the table. I didn't know anybody else at this uh, event. And I just spoke up and saw an opportunity that I can connect that I could share or, you know, listen. And I walked away with being filled in many different buckets of my life. And I looked at my friend and said, thank you for the invite. Like, had I not been invited to that or put myself in a proximity where I had a friend that does do those things, we, our lives wouldn't have passed right here. I mean, maybe we would have met somewhere in life down the road, but you never know what's going to happen unless you say yes and just give in and try it. And what's the worst that can happen? It sucked. Great experience. But if it sucked, doesn't mean that that has to be the end all be all case in point, even with my bodybuilding, I did my first competition in 2012 was the worst experience. In fact, Mm -hmm. I was standing on stage with a ruptured disc and didn't even know that. So I had back surgery short time after, but it was about, wait, did, did I want that to be my only experience? Yeah, I don't want to talk about bodybuilding in that negative way because I had a negative experience, but my mindset wasn't right. What if I fixed that mindset and now came back to bodybuilding from a different perspective and a different approach with a different goal in mind? Oh, how much more fun that was. I loved it. Love, love, loved it. Loved Mm. it. But, you know, all good things come to an end. I closed that chapter and it moved on. But had I just accepted what was, that could have been the end all be all and I wouldn't have had a different version, a different story that healing would have taken place. I wouldn't have had my book that has now helped thousands of women out there, right? So you don't know what's going to be on that other side of yes. So if there's something to take away from that story, that's what I got from it. Oh, I love that. Thank you for that. What's well, on the other side? By what you just said, all of Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think that just speaks volumes to your platform here and just being unfiltered. Like, you literally say to the people who come on, like, we're, we're here to do this service, but really like, there's nothing to prepare for. Just come as you are, come as you are. And we'll see what comes out. And it's very liberating when you can step into that version of you trust and surrender again, 
into, I, I, I don't know what's going to come up and out, but whoever needs to hear it can hear it and they can take what they want from it. It's interesting what you said a little bit earlier about the universe coming back and teaching us lessons yes, yes. <laughs> in different ways, in different parts of oh, our lives. Oh, it comes back in all different flavors. Just when you think, you know, just when you think. But I think that's just the universe, life, God, all the things, just being cheeky. I think that that is checking in. Hey, just checking in to make sure that you are still honoring your values and your visions and your needs and your desires. Just checking in to make sure that what you wrote in that book, you still stand for. Just checking in that what you preach and teach, you live yourself. Just checking in that you're giving yourself the things that you've given so many other people. Ooh, that one sinks in, right? Wow, we give people these things all the time of, oh my gosh, try this, try this, try this. But like, when do we check in and go, am I giving it to myself? Ooh, that's a great prompt. And I think this could be a great point where we put a pin in this. And for those who are listening, you're going to have to listen to part two. This is probably the, the first time I've ever done this on this podcast. We just winged it off the cuff, organic, real raw conversation. You get a little bit of sneak peek of the rawness of like, I don't typically even share a lot of this stuff, even on my podcast. Yeah. It's about really shining light on just our guests and highlighting them, which is wonderful because that's who, you know, as a confident woman, right? We support each other. We empower each other. We're there for each other. And so this, you know, when we started roll on this topic in conversation, I was just like, I mean, the, it's been recording since we logged on and I'm just like winging it. And so I think that's a great point to put this pin in. And you'll have to, those that are listening, definitely check out part two. And if you like what you're hearing, definitely share this, like share this episode, talk about it, bring it forth into the confident woman community, talk about it there, share this episode with some girlfriends, write a review, whatever that is, because this is all about giving back to our listeners, giving back to our women, giving them a place that's a platform for them to be seen, to be heard and to connect. And frankly, even at this point in this conversation, I didn't even know that I needed that on my own platform. So actually... Heidi, thank you for allowing this to kind of just be what I actually needed today. You know, sending it all right back at you. I didn't know what I needed today. And honestly, I think we, when we started the podcast too, I think if you go back and listen to it, it's like, wow. I mean, there's just been so much going on today and so much going on today. And I was kind of like, okay, get ready for the podcast. And here we go. Always like come in. And I feel so different having shared this conversation with you. I feel energized. I feel more at home with myself. So thank you for allowing us to just go in whatever direction life was trying to guide us to. Oh my goodness. This has been incredible. And those, of course, that are... Heidi, you didn't even introduce her yet. Okay, Heidi, let's give our listeners... I know this is at the end, but we're going to put it at the beginning. Of course, everything's going to be in the show notes. But if you just want to do a quick bio for those or how they can follow along with you and learn who, who it is that I'm having this incredible moving conversation with. Yeah, you don't even have to put this at the end. You can keep it just as it is, right? I mean, whatever you want to do, but I'm Heidi B and I am a divorce coach and I help women heal their heartbreak, reclaim their joy and move forward faster after divorce because there's nothing worse than feeling stuck there. So that's what I do. I have a community that women drop into for about eight months and they do live coaching and group coaching and all the fun stuff all together because no one should do divorce alone. So I also have a little saying that's like, if you are divorced, you might as well be joyfully divorced, right? You might as well be joyfully divorced. So that's what I do. And you can find me over on Instagram at joyfullyb or on TikTok at joyfullyb or at joyfullydivorce.com. I love to connect in all those three places and spaces. And that's about it. That's me, Heidi B. 
Awesome. So of course, all that will be in the show notes below. So be sure to check this episode out entirely, read the show notes, follow along with Heidi, and definitely stay tuned for part two. It's coming up. Thank you so much for joining me and my guest, Heidi B, on today's episode. I truly, truly hope that you enjoyed our candid heart-to-heart conversation about surrendering to what could be and creating a confident comeback. If you happen to like this episode as much as we enjoyed putting it on and just sharing and connecting, please be sure to subscribe, like, and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. And please don't forget to join us next week for part two of this conversation with Heidi B. We'll dive deeper into sharing more of our juicy tips, real talk on how to let go, surrender, and create your own version of a confident comeback. So we cannot wait to connect with you next week. And until then, keep shining and stay confident and embrace everything because there is so much goodness and magic that is still more to come. Stay tuned. Hey there. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Confident Woman Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode as much as I did, please be sure to like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Thanks again for listening. 